Hey there and welcome to the Skin Lovers Unite podcast. My name is Kelly, otherwise known as Skin Queen, and I'm so excited to educate you on all things real skin science. Over the past five years, I've gone from working as a dermal therapist to a clinical educator where I worked with some of Australia's leading skincare companies, learning so much about the skin and science behind how it all works. And now I'm here to share all my knowledge with you. Let's jump right into today's episode. I am catching up on a few requested podcast topics today. I am sitting here and I am bulk recording, so I've got enough podcasts to last me for the next six weeks because what I have noticed that I've been doing is I have been just doing them week by week, and then if I have a really busy week, then I actually don't have time to record one, and then I'm sitting there on Sunday night being like, oh my gosh, I need to record a podcast, rather than it being really well thought out. But today I have scheduled half the morning, and I'm really excited because I have had so many people reach out to me and give me podcast ideas and I've got a list right here (laughs) and so I'm finally getting to it. So today's podcast I'm actually going to be chatting to you about peels and this is something that I actually have had people ask me if I do any training around peels and while it is definitely something that I have thought of offering, I have decided that it's just not my area to do. And not because I don't know peels. I have worked with peels for most of my career. And I also worked with skincare companies where I trained peels for pretty much all of my career. (laughs) But that is the thing. When there are so many different peels, there are so many different protocols. There are so many different delivery systems. There are so many different things that you need to know in regards to that particular peel. So today's podcast is going to be a really good overview of peels, but I just wanted to remind everybody that this is not going to replace official peel training. If you're working with peels in clinic, reach out to the brand that you are getting the peels from and ask if they can supply training. I'm sitting here and I have an incense stick on and it keeps blowing right in my mouth. So if you hear me cough, (laughs) I apologize. I'm fanning it the other way. I don't know why it keeps coming out this way, but it's my abundance incense. So I'm going to take that as a good thing. So let's start at the very top and talk about the whole purpose of peels. Really, the main purpose is to disrupt the lipid barrier and almost cause like a control wound healing response where we are then seeing a lot of change within the skin. But when we actually have that disrupted barrier, then what that actually allows the skin to do is absorb the next lot of ingredients into the skin a lot deeper so we can get that cell-to-cell communication really fast. So a great example of this is if you are using, and I'm going to go through the breakdown of the peels, but if you are using a peel that has salicylic acid in it, but it also has a heap of tyrosinase inhibitors or commonly known as pigment blockers, then the salicylic acid might go through, it might mop up the excess oil and it might break down all of the hardened skin so that the tyrosinase inhibitors can be absorbed quickly down into the skin and really work to inhibit that pigmentation. Another reason is so that we can actually cause that accelerated cell renewal. So we know ideally in a healthy skin, our skin cells should be renewing every 28 to 30 days. However, there are certain skin concerns such as 
aging, sun damage, hyperpigmentation, and dehydration, where that can actually slow down. And so by doing a peel can kickstart that so we can get it back working to a nice healthy 28 days, as well as doing a big detox of the dead layers now on top of the skin. And that's often why we actually have a physical peel. And that's, I guess, where the name came from. So I was doing a quick Google because I was like, I haven't looked this up in so long and I wanted to find out where chemical peels actually originated from. And surprise, surprise, they came from Cleopatra way back in ancient Egypt. She used to bathe in sour milk because it would help to keep her skin really hydrated and her skin cells really smooth and soft. And so that is actually where lactic acid has originated from and the whole idea that we can use natural ingredients to actually create change within the skin. So I'm going to jump into talking about the different types of peels and I'm also going to cover the difference between neutralizing and self-neutralizing, contraindications and risks, downtime and how often we should actually be performing these. So when it comes to treating our client's skin with peels, I've had so many therapists over the years and oh my gosh, if you have been one of these therapists that I've called out and you're listening to this, I apologize, (laughs) but so many therapists are like, oh, I'm doing a client and her skin's like this and I'm going to just start off with a 40% lactic acid peel and then I'm going to go into salicylic acid. Then I'm going to do a retinol peel and so on and so forth. And I'm like, whoa, 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 girl, like calm down. Remember that most of the clients that come to see us in clinic for the very first time often have dry, sensitive, impaired skin. And I say sensitive in quotation marks. But oftentimes when they come in and they see us, they haven't been looking after their skin or they've been over exfoliating. They've got sensitized skin. Their skin is dry. Their lipid barriers are impaired. And so by doing a peel, that's actually going to further dry out the skin, regardless of whether you're doing an enzyme peel, regardless of whether you're doing a lactic acid peel a vitamin A peel, whatever you're going to do, if the skin is already dry and then you're going to do another peel straight away, it's actually going to cause more disruption to the skin. And then from my experience, what I've seen happen then is clients tend to have more reactions. They tend to have more peeling, more sensitivity, more purging, more breakouts, and then they're really put off by it altogether. So we don't actually want to start off with a peel. Remember, we always want to repair the skin before you refine the skin. So you always want to start off by actually working on hydrating the skin and actually working on repairing that lipid barrier and getting the skin to a really healthy place because oftentimes then that can eliminate a lot of the reason to actually do a peel to begin with. So always repair the skin before you refine the skin. And if you need to start off with a peel, I always recommend applying some sort of hydrating mask, whether it be a sheet mask, a cream mask. um, I'm trying to think of other options, maybe an oatmeal mask, whatever is in the protocol afterwards to actually help add hydration back into the skin. So let's start off with probably my favorite peels ever. And these are enzyme peels. Now, the easiest way to describe enzymes are like little Pac-Man. So basically what happens within our skin is when our skin is really hydrated and really healthy, there are these little um, enzymes that activate called stratum corneum chymotryptic enzymes. So these are natural occurring enzymes 
that happen, like that occur and activate within the stratum corneum when our skin is really hydrated and healthy. And what they actually do is they move around in the skin and they help to desquamate that top layer in your stratum corneum so that it naturally sloths off, which then signals your basal cells to start producing that next layer of healthy skin cells. However, sometimes those stratum corneum trimetriptic enzymes might not be activating for lots of different reasons. It could be because that the skin is really dehydrated. It could be because somebody is over exfoliating their skin. It could be because they've just had a peel or they've just had a microdermabrasion. Um, or it could be because of illnesses. It could be because of different medications they're on. Um, you know, even if somebody's just had surgery, their skin tends to be a little bit um, cut off from oxygen because you're on like fake oxygen, I guess. And as a result, your trimetriptic enzymes might not be functioning the way that they should. And so oftentimes when I have a client come in to see me for the first time, I will probably do a month's worth of facials first. So whether that is, um, you know, a facial a week or a facial every two weeks, I have to be careful not to say fortnight because (laughs) my US listeners don't know what the word fortnight means. And I totally only remember that the other day when I spoke to somebody from the US. Um, but from there, once I have a healthy skin, if I'm noticing that their skin still feels a little bit dry, a little bit rough, if they're feeling a little bit textured, if they're saying that they're getting a little bit of congestion, if they're getting a few blackheads, they're getting a few breakouts, that's when I like to actually pull out an enzyme peel. And if I'm going to go a little bit extra and share my trade secret, (laughs) I would actually always do a oxygenation treatment first to really like get oxygen into the skin, into the pores, um, especially when I'm treating acne, blackheads, breakouts, because bacteria is anaerobic, which means it won't thrive in oxygen dense situations. And then from there, I get my enzymes in. So in the past, I've worked with lots of different enzymes and I freaking love them. So the first one that I have worked with is bromelain and bromelain is a pineapple enzyme. And basically all of these enzymes are derived from either fruit or vegetables. I've also worked with pumpkin enzyme peels before. I've worked with blueberry enzymes. I've worked with pomegranate. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else. I wrote them all down and I think that's all the ones that I've worked with before. But these are amazing because they're not actually going to disrupt your lipid barrier. So lipid barrier, lipid meaning oil, barrier meaning your barrier function, your stratum corneum. um, And these peels don't disrupt your lipid barrier. What they're just going to do is they're going to eat any of the actual dead skin cells that are still holding on for life. So when I say dead skin cells, I'm not talking about the stratum corneum. I'm talking about, you know, these have now lost their nucleus. They have been trying to desquamate, trying to sloth off the skin, but for some reason they're actually just holding on for dear life. And that's when they're causing like that rough texture, that dull texture, the skin feels dry on the surface because you're getting a buildup of those dead little stratum corneum cells, blockage of the follicles. That's what I'm referring to when I'm saying dead skin cells because the stratum corneum is not a dead layer. It is part of our barrier function. And so these little enzymes, when you put them on the skin, they munch away like little Pac-Man. And I always think, did anybody play Pac-Man when they were younger? I had a device where it was like massive and it's probably bigger than my laptop. (laughs) And I've got a big laptop. I've got a gaming laptop. And you literally used to put batteries in there and it would make those like, anyway, I'm getting off track. 
<laughs> but they are an amazing peel because they're very entry level, very gentle. They might cause a little bit of a tingle initially. So people are like, oh, it's working. But they there's little risk and little contraindication with an enzyme peel. The risk would be is if somebody is super impaired and super dry and super sensitized, um, then this, or if their skin is actually on the other side and really thin and really stripped back, then these enzymes don't have much to work with. And so that's when I probably wouldn't do an enzyme. I wouldn't be doing an enzyme on somebody, um, who is sunburnt at all. (laughs) Um, and I wouldn't be doing an enzyme on somebody who, you know, is so impaired that when you put this on, they're going to get a histamine response. Um, but apart from that, your contraindications, your, yeah, your contraindications, they're your contraindications, your risk, you know, you might just get a little bit of tingling. You might get a little bit of erythema or redness, but you can always apply hydration afterwards and that tends to reduce it, but there aren't a lot of risks, especially with enzymes. Like it's really time dependent. So, you know, for me, I might only leave an enzyme on for about, I don't know, three minutes. I think the max I've left an enzyme peel on somebody before might be seven minutes and that was pushing it, but I could see the skin was getting a lot of erythema and that's what we call clinical endpoint. So you'll hear me refer to this quite a lot throughout this episode, but clinical endpoint is either when somebody has got frosting, which I'll talk about, and it can also mean that um, they're getting a little bit of redness, or I love to ask clients, what's your discomfort level on a one to 10? Once they start to sneak up to that six and seven, that's clinical endpoint for me. I don't want to wait till they get to a 10 (laughs) because then I'll be like splashing around and trying to get the, you know, fibrillas quickly. So I wait till they're about a six or seven, and then I start to remove it. So that is enzymes. Enzymes are my absolute favorite. The next, which I love to use. Oh, what am I going to go for next? Okay. I might actually go with lactic acid. So lactic acid peels are alpha hydroxy acids, meaning that they are water loving and that they will actually help to bring more hydration into the skin. So lactic acid comes from sour milk. And lactic acid is quite gentle, but also quite hydrating, but it's still going to be causing a little bit of destruction on the stratum corneum because it is an acid. But the whole reason why you would choose lactic acid is because if somebody was a little bit more dry um, due to just having dry skin in general, dry, not sensitive. Okay. (laughs) And then additionally too, if people were concerned with aging, fine lines and wrinkles, sun damage, anything where the skin needed a boost of hydration to kind of plump everything out, that's when I would go for a lactic. Once again, same risk. So if people or contraindications, I should say, um, if people have been on Um, medication and their immune system's a little bit weak, that would be a big contraindication. If they've gotten sunburnt recently, if they've over exfoliated, if they had a treatment not too long ago, um, if they are, you know, going swimming in the ocean in the next few weeks. I once had a client who she had a peel on the Saturday before she went to her Great Barrier Reef holiday and I was like, oh, just be super careful. I really don't want to give you a peel. And she's like, no, no, it's fine. So I gave her, I think, a 10% lactic peel, told her to slip, slop, slap, wear a hat, everything. And I get a call from her on the Wednesday to say that her face was on fire. It was burning and it was stinging. And, you know, upon further conversation, she'd been jumping off a boat into the salt water 
Um, she hadn't reapplied her sunscreen, so she was photosensitive, which is something that can happen because if your skin cells are all over, uh, already in turnover mode because of this peel that is accelerating cell turnover mode, which all peels do that except for enzymes, then what would actually happen would be more sensitivity. <laughs> so 10 out of 10 don't recommend that. So always ask lots of questions to find out you know, what their day-to-day lifestyle looks like. You know, I think of another girlfriend that I've got. She is the worst. She goes for a walk with her dog morning and night, doesn't wear sunscreen. So I'm like, I'm never putting a peel on you. It's as simple as that. But lactic comes in lots of different strengths. You obviously can have a 10%, 20%, 30%, 40%, all the way up to 60%. Now, I would probably never use anything 40 or above. The one time I have done a 60% was when I was hosting a training And the lady's skin that I was treating, she was nearly 70. She had heavy glycation. So her skin was really thick. And actually, that would be a good topic. I'm going to write down glycation. (laughs) Um, And at the same time, she had a lot of sun damage, a a lot of mottled pigmentation. And so I was like, okay, I'm happy to do this on you. It'll be very controlled. We left it on her skin for five minutes. She got a bit of erythema. And then she said that she actually got a peel and her skin felt really soft afterwards. And the person that I was training, she was a doctor. And so I was like, do you know what? You're a doctor. I'm going to trust you to know what to do moving forward with the skin and with your client. And so she took over the treatment planning from there. So that's the only time I've ever used a 60. I don't even think I would use a 40 on somebody because what are you trying to achieve? I would honestly, if somebody was concerned with dry skin, um, aging skin, pigmentation, I would be doing a mix of facials, retinol peels, and lactic between 20 and 30%. Of course, follow the protocol of the brand that you are working with. The next one that I'm going to talk about, and I think this is going to have to be a two-part series (laughs) because having a look at the time here, we are talking a lot. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. Before we get back into it, I just had to share with you my brand new program that is going to skyrocket your confidence when it comes to educating your clients on their skin concerns. And as a result, increase product sales, treatment bookings, and the best part, client results. When you sign up to explain skin concerns like a boss, not only do you get my training that shares with you exactly how I explain each skin concern to clients, but you also get my skin concern flashcards that you can use as a visual tool during consultations. Imagine if you could increase average client spend by $100 or more simply just by educating them. As my gift to you, I'd love to give you $100 off your purchase. Click the link below in the show notes and use code EXPLAIN100 at the checkout. Now let's get back to today's episode. So my other really favorite peel to do all the time is a retinol peel. And I have used lots of different retinol peels over the years. I've used a retinol peel that is also formulated with an enzyme. I've also used a retinol peel that is formulated with a little bit of lactic acid just to help with that penetration and delivery into the skin. So the reason why I love retinol peels is because I love retinol. Retinol does so many great things to the skin. So retinol gets into the skin and it stimulates your fibroblast cells. 
And that gives birth to new collagen, elastin, hyaluronic acid. It can be a tyrosinase inhibitor. It can help to boost more hyaluronic acid so your skin's going to be more plump. Um, and just gives your skin that overall rejuvenation, helps to speed up cell turnover. So your skin is just looking fly. Now, with retinol peels, there are lots of different protocols. I've worked with retinol peels where you don't leave it on your skin for any longer than 10 minutes. I've worked with them where you sleep with them overnight. But I guess the key takeaway here is to make sure that somebody's skin is super hydrated beforehand so that they don't have any abnormal retinoid responses. And also to don't overdo it (laughs) coming from the retinol queen herself. So for me, I would only be doing a retinol peel maybe once a month, but you can pair it with other things too. And I've also got an episode coming up where I'm going to be talking about the different treatments that I love to mix with each other. So a little bit of a, I mean, what we'd call in the industry off label way of using peels. But when you're confident with the ingredients and you know what the modalities are going to do, that's when you can get creative. So I will be sharing my secrets because I I love getting creative. So I think also too with retinol comes down to contraindications and risks. So once again, always SPF. Um, Another contraindication I haven't spoken about is cold sores and wounds in the skin. Somebody's got a massive pimple that they have picked. um, I probably wouldn't treat it. Same with if they have staff on their face, I wouldn't treat their skin. Same with if they're really prone to cold sores, I would make sure that they um, go to the chemist. And here in Australia, you can buy femcyclovir, F-E-M-C-I-C-L-I-V-O-R. Gosh, I hope I've spelt that right. But it is an over-counter medication. You get three tablets, you take it at once, and it helps to prevent the onset of cold sores. So if you or a client is prone to getting cold sores, take femcyclovir prior to doing a peel so that you don't actually have to worry about that too much. But also with retinol, um, if they're pregnant or breastfeeding, I don't treat them with retinol. So there's that one as well. So I hope that you have enjoyed part one. I'm definitely going to do this as a two part because I don't like having super long podcasts. (laughs) I feel like you'd get super bored of my voice, but also short and sweet is my thing. So I am going to pause this here and I would love to hear your feedback. I would love to hear from you and, you know, let me know what you learned from this episode. Let me know what peels you enjoy doing, or if you're now looking to stock enzyme peels in your clinic or retinol peels in your clinic and I will see you next week for part two where we will talk about acids because that's a whole nother kettle of fish thank you so much for listening to today's episode if you enjoyed it or learned something new be sure to share this on instagram and tag me at skin queen that's queen with three e's and I'll be sure to repost you have an amazing day and stay moisturized